we are back. And yeah, here we are, ready to talk about a retrospective look at King's Keep. King's Keep, the room of many, many names. The six-month-long project, the titular title of our fantasy room. The fan favorite. The fan favorite. The Calvin favorite. The Kiara favorite. Kiara favorite. For sure. Um, probably the Dan favorite, too. Probably the Dan yeah. favorite. I think it's a lot, a lot of our of escape rooms like uh, a lot of our game masters like it, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I think Clancy's and King's Keep are the ones right now that people just, just I think love. currently, and I may be wrong, currently it's our Opus Magnum. Is that the right way to use mm, that word? Not quite. We have no? not made our Opus Magnum. Okay, yet. we haven't made our Opus Magnum. But I think it's coming up pretty soon. Because okay. I think it's all downhill after it. Oh, oh, That's I didn't means. realize. Okay, I didn't realize that that was peaky. I don't want to peek. It's kind of like peeking. It's like peeking on a good note. Like leaving off on a good note. Okay. But we have so much more to do. We have so many more games we want to do. I'm not ready to peek yet. Not yet. Not yet. But I feel like it's kind of hard. The the Kings Keep, the Medieval Dungeon Room, the longest room we we made, we launched it two weeks before the world ended in uh, March of 2020. Yeah. Um, Where we all had to close down. Man, that so, was... It was that, a bummer. But it was a bummer. At least we got to see it played like a few times before it uh, yeah. went down. Yeah. Um, but anyway, King's Keep. So how did we come up with a theme? So uh, I always wanted to do a uh, fantasy-themed game, a, a medieval something. And uh, with my hour experience with Dungeons & Dragons... I think it made pretty good sense to make a dungeon, especially how we don't like to have settings that are outside, like, you know, uh, medieval woods. Eh, wouldn't really be good. I kind of wanted something a little bit more claustrophobic um, and something that was still accessible, but just visually just looked so stunning. Because mm -hmm. I, I think that this one, we really focused on the set and lighting design of the room. I think that that's, like, the two things that, like, when people walk into the room, their their jaws drop right they're like wow this room looks good i'm not just trying to hype us up i'm just i'm just saying like that that's how i feel about it and that's what i think i see people react to it you know right? i didn't realize it until this conversation mm. but i actually don't remember coming up with king's keep it i remember i remember the game design but i don't remember a definitive moment being like i want to do a fantasy themed game because I like Lord of the Rings, we like D&D. Like, I literally mm -hmm. don't remember any of that. I just remember making the game. Well, we, we had, like, I think 24 escape room ideas. Oh, we had a lot. Yeah. We had a lot. We had, a, we had an absurd amount. And then we wanted to, to whittle them down. And then I thought, what was, you know, based on uh, essentially movie genres, like, what are some genres that we can put in our bag? That way we can reliably use them, right? So, like, a zombie theme. Zombie themes are, are great in that everybody knows them. But they're not exciting. They're not. They're not sexy. You know, you know them. What? But we didn't have that for a fantasy room. Right? I do remember that conversation. Now yeah. I think about it, I remember writing all the ideas down and just slowly crossing them off. Um, and like a fantasy dungeon, like that just that just sounds like right up. And our the alley. cool thing is, it just appealed. Like we wanted something because like obviously not everyone can play Clancy's Lodge because it's a little more thriller. It's a little more horror. A little yeah, more too creepy, creepy yeah. for some people. Um, but we wanted something that could appeal to, like, the fantasy demographic, the people who like creepy stuff, but, like, Halloween-y kind of creepy yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, like, terrifying, yeah. like, actually cool. You're going to crack your pants in this room. Like, <laughs> no, we, not for that room. We didn't want that. We wanted yeah. something more accessible. So yeah. that's when we got the general idea, and then I knew that we had to do something with the walls and... Um, like we, we started to talk about the set and like I wanted it to be a medieval dungeon where we had to carve out rocks and whatnot, but we actually found a company 
that was able to uh, you know help us out with the set. They they sent over sheets of this carton material, uh, so that way when you touch the wall, it's not like a wall with wallpaper, or it's not just painted. Yeah, it's to not look like, like rock. Faint- fake rock it feels like rock it feels real yeah um, it, and, it looks the, realistic the cool thing about that is i think we were really like not not like smart but creative in how we did it because the um it was originally for like plays right like the yeah the for rock, sets for yeah, like um you for know, broadway theater productions. And, yeah, yeah theater production so it was like these little sheets of like egg carton material um, that you would put on the wall. And it felt like egg carton material. So we were like, this is going to be a problem. If people touch the wall, we don't want them touching egg carton material. So we got a little creative. And we actually spent, I think, days putting on layer upon layer of wood glue <laughs> to make it hard. And it did work. But, oh, my gosh. It was, I literally, like, had my entire family come out. And we just spent all day we went through gluing like, the wall. It was something like 20 gallons of glue. Yeah. In this <laughs> room alone. And nothing is held together by glue. It just we use that as a hardening agent. Yeah, to make it Like, nothing is right. glued together in that room. It's, uh, it's, all, yeah. it's all, like, mechanical. But it's, it's it just yeah. stunning. And that, that's why uh, wood glue is, like, almost like duct tape. Like, it's just, uh, like, in terms of nexogens, like, uh, usability Utility, <laughs> or, or yeah. items yeah like wood glue and duct tape that's all blush, we need you know so we had the idea for the room <laughs> we knew what the set was I had a few ideas I think at this point like I we need to clarify like there's gonna be major spoilers like I don't really want to hold anything oh, back for yeah. this. so if you plan on playing the room uh, probably don't want to listen anymore but uh, if you do that's your own yeah. volition I don't I'm not sounds good I'm not your boss but anyway but let's let's talk yeah. about first okay so we're doing talking about game design yeah um, I want you to kind of like what is your favorite puzzle in King's Keep well uh, let's let's uh, my favorite puzzle I mean it's it's difficult I think the one that jumps out to me first is the price of love okay I yeah. think that that's the first one and that one's crazy because it this room it has more electronics put into it than Clancy's Lodge or Global National combined. Yet it takes place in like medieval medieval fantasy. times. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty wild. But that was the one that required like I think the least amount of materials. Uh, and that was the one where you get the prisoner's number, you know his crimes, you know the total of his crimes. There's a uh, you know scroll in the room that tells you what the penalties for each crime is. Uh, but it's not really apparent. It's not really clear what you need to do with that information yeah. until you look at the prisoner's journal, and it keeps asking you, "What is the price of yeah, love?" Yeah, and in the prisoner's journal, he tells you his prisoner number, and he tells you what is the price of love. And if you're a reader, it actually helps you a lot because he literally will say in the journal um, that the executioner changed the um, locks to the price of yeah. love as a reference to his crimes but that's only if you read so 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 many people don't read yeah and they're, like, and they're just like what am i supposed to do but you can still figure it out you can still yeah. like infer what you need to do without yeah. reading it's just that if you just read like one yeah. more page one yeah. page and they're small pages yeah too. it's one page over um so yeah you're reading yeah. his journal and we underlined what is the price of love so if you really don't want to read you don't have to again we want to make sure that people know you don't have to ha- read the lore you can if you don't if you want to, you kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, but you hey, are. you know what? You don't trust us. That's fine. You, you think we're gonna mislead you? That's fine. I understand um, it. But yeah, so then you find his prisoner number and you look him up in this manifest manifest that just has a ton of prisoners and their crimes, and you have to see his crimes and um, you look them up on the uh, what is it? The Declaration of Laws. Yeah, 
or the crimes or whatever. Yeah. And basically, you just have to find the price of love. It's a little subtraction problem, but it has so many steps that a lot of people take a that's, while. That's my favorite part, though, is that the problem itself is real simple. The puzzle itself is really simple. It's just that it is multi-stage. You have to find out a good deal of information before you can progress. That was probably my favorite puzzle. Uh, my probably my favorite set piece would be the final door, the the uh, oh, exit yeah. door. That was the one. I think that was the first thing that we had actually finalized for that room before anything else. It was that door because we liked. What was it based off of? It's based off of the entrance to the Mines of Moria from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, mind you, it's based on. It's not. It looks nothing, yeah, like, nothing it. like it. It looks. It, it's not trying to be anything like it. We just wanted something very grand to and, finish. Yeah, because what what stuck out for me for that door and that movie is how it it looked like angelic almost because yeah. it had like it was filmed at night or at least it you know the the movie is set at night but the door is like backlit it like almost glows i thought that would be so cool if we implemented something like that using leds where uh you're in this very very dark room but this one door is like magically lit and looks yeah. just so epic. Yeah, and it definitely like sticks out because it is like LEDs. Yeah. And the that one is for sure a draw, jaw yeah. dropper. I yeah. mean, so many people put it in and they take a step back and yeah. they're like, Whoa, what? It's, it's and it makes a noise too whenever yeah. you uh, interact with it. It it makes like a, a magical sound. A magical sound. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So yeah. that one and the crazy part is that we could easily make that a puzzle, make the door a puzzle. But instead, it's not. Instead, it's literally just get three amulets and put it in there. Um, but a lot of people are expecting there to be more depth. But I think that they're kind of pleasantly surprised that, like, hey, no, it's you're good. Well, it's like this is the, the this is the reward thing. that you get. The yeah. reward is is the instant gratification of putting the amulet in and it working without having to be like, okay, what position does it need? Yeah, exactly. Where does it need to go? We didn't so. want there to be a struggle. We just wanted to be use the amulets to open the door. And yeah. That was yeah. it. But my favorite puzzle is definitely the raven. We, really? Yes. I love the raven. I So this puzzle is you have to give, there's like a little note on a raven's cage, and it says something along the lines of, um, if you give him what he needs, he'll tell you what he needs to know. And he has a little food what bowl. What you need to know. Yeah, what yeah. you need to know. And he has a little food bowl, and you have to find a seed, a comically large seed in the room, which is actually an RFID. And anyway, you set it in the bowl, and it makes the crow caw. Um, and, you know, it's just like three or four caws and like a specific rhythm. Um, and then there is another uh, casket in the room. That, that you has hit to the beat of the, the raven. raven. Yeah. yeah, and there's another note that explains, like, you know, that there's, like, a little poem. That What's your favorite part about that? My favorite part is just the mechanic. I think it, like, really um, makes people really happy when they realize that, like, just knocking on a casket causes something to open. Mm -hmm. Like, because it's, it's really, in my opinion, out of the box. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I, I don't think that yeah. people... I mean, clearly, because they have a hard time keeping beat with the Raven. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be exactly precise. You have to be pretty close yeah. to what it does, and so many people are off. But I think that that puzzle had, like, the most point of contention between you and me. I think we had the most disagreements about that one puzzle. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, because originally it wasn't going to be a Raven. It was going to be, like, a music box. Because oh, I, yes. I wanted a puzzle where you use audio... Uh, you get an audio output, but you use that audio as an input to a gate, right? And the gate would be the, the casket. So I wanted it to be where a music box would play, and it played something as simple as, like, We Will Rock You from Queen, 
and you just copy that onto the the metal drum right but uh instead it just i couldn't really make it work i couldn't figure out how do we get something to look like a music box um how do we pay like pay to make it look like it sound like it all the while conveying the right beats because normally when you spin a music box it just kind of plays the tune and there's no hard beat i think i don't know yeah and you had the idea of well we'll just do a music sheet people know how to read music this is the point of contention yeah i thought that people could read music and i was mistaken people don't read words in the room i'm a musically inclined person so i guess i just assumed that most people can read i am i am not musically inclined in the slightest so it was overall i think a good thing that we like we kind of came to the compromise with the raven and i think he fits really well and i think the raven is one of my favorite parts and we do eventually plan on making the raven an animatronic so it can yeah. move around and stuff. Right now, it's just you know, it's it stands still and pretty just stationary. Yeah. Yeah, but um, he does make noise, which I think is cool. But yeah, eventually we will have him move around. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think my favorite set piece of that room is just the caskets in general because of how much time those things and love we put into them. Those three caskets. It, it, this was a six-month project, and they were probably at least two months. Yeah, they were a good for the, amount of for time. For the three of them, it took us about three months between Kiara, myself, and Dan, our, our set designer, uh, putting it together. And that was... Actually, that when he comes on, I want to talk to him about the caskets. I, I want to ask him, like, did you know it was going to take this long? Yeah. Did you even think it would be this much work? But yeah. they came out looking fantastic. They look incredible. Yeah. Uh, and they work perfectly for what we need them for, but... Man, if it didn't take so long to yeah. make those. But Between man, they, that and the walls, those the, the, it was yeah. just so long. But those were like the funnest things to make, though, especially yeah. when it got time to paint them because we literally got sponges with paint and made them look like rock, which was something that I had never done. Um, and that was like a little set design trick taught to us by our friend Dan. And it was just, I don't know, it was really cool seeing it all come together in the end. And it's especially rewarding now whenever people open up the door to the second room and see those three caskets and they're just like looming over you. Blown away. And yeah, it's it's really, it's very cool. Another another one that I really like that uh, some people get and some people don't, uh, David and Katie from Clever Escape, I'm going to throw them under the bus, they completely... Uh, misread the situation but when you first get into the second part of the room um, and, and it, when you get into the second room it's completely dark right I want it to be kind of creepy like you don't really know what's gonna be in there what's gonna happen I want it to be dark yeah. and we give them lanterns so yeah. they can bring the lanterns with them into this really dark room and you find a note that says you know hold up a lantern effectively hold up a lantern to the candles and they'll turn on and you do it and it fires off and they'll go from one to the other and they're all fire off in sequence but I mean it this one is the one that like there's a note that you get as soon as you walk in like your shin is gonna hit a table that has the note on there that tells you about the candles. Like, yeah. it's so hard to miss. And it's face up, too. So we face make, up. We, we literally, like, it's like if you were in a video game, you would know this is the first Your thing Your character would auto-pick up. It would auto-open yeah. the yeah. menu of, like, oh, what is this photo? Yeah. So, like, it, it's so crazy. And some people walk in there, grab the note, but they don't look at it. Yeah, and they, they hold just, on to it for, like, five or ten minutes. Yeah. They think, I'm going to read this eventually. It's going to be helpful eventually. I'm not going to read it right now and, for some and reason. And some people think that the lights are broken. So 
in all of our rooms because we're very aware of people who may be like seeing impaired or like need glasses or anything along those lines. We make sure that the overhead lights, um, which what are those kind of lights called? The fluorescent tubes fluorescent or whatever. Fluorescent tubes or whatever. We make sure that those are still accessible no matter what just because we would hate for someone to come into the room and realize, oh, it's dark. I'm not going to be able to read anything. I I'm not going to have time. I see if it's a little dim. You know, so we're um, like, okay, we, we understand. Yeah, we discourage it because like obviously it kind of kills the vibe, but we still want to leave it as an option. Anyway, a lot of people think that the lights are broken, so they just go and um, turn on the overhead lights, and obviously that triggers the photo, uh, the light sensors in the um, lamp. So that's in when the they do turn it, yeah. turn on. And then a lot of people think that we're just in the background, like turning it on because we forgot to or something. It's like you know? no, no. <laughs> I think that there's probably going to be a better way for us to convey that, but it sucks because like you can't tell somebody, hey, there's going to be a part of the room that's really dark. Don't turn on the lights. You can't tell yeah. that because then it spoils because they're gonna walk the in the surprise. room and like hey the room is perfectly lit i have no idea what you're talking yeah. about um, it's hard it's really hard it's trying difficult. to figure out like what to tell people yeah. and what not to tell them but i mean that could be a whole episode all on its yeah. own but um i will say an honorable honorable shout out is probably the oldest puzzle that we've i've designed is the hidden door that goes in that does take you into the second mm -hmm. room um, and that one, uh, is actually based on the entrance to Diagon Alley from, uh, Sorcerer's yeah. Stone where, where Hagrid, Hagrid gets like the umbrella and taps like a, a few bricks in a certain order and it opens up. And I just thought that like, that was as really a kid, cool. that really resonated yeah. with me, obviously. <laughs> um, and I wanted to like, kind of share that like sense of wonderment of like pressing random rocks and then wait, it opens up to a whole new section. Yeah. I mean, everybody loves hidden doors. I think Scooby-Doo kind of, kind of uh, really ingrained that into a lot of people. I mean, right? if there's ever an opportunity to have a hidden door, we're gonna Why take it. Why wouldn't we exactly. do it? Exactly. Why like, can't we? I don't it's want so people fun. to know the door is there. That takes away all the mysterious. The mystique. Mystique. Yeah. yeah there you go. Do we have time to talk about the story? Mm, I think we'll have to do a bonus episode about the characters behind King's Alrighty, Keep. Alrighty, sounds good to me. I think I think we're we're gonna dial these in. We only have uh, after this we have bomb threat that we can talk about oh we can talk about escape from the living dead oh yeah um, we can even do an episode on the crates oh yeah yeah for sure we have uh, we have plenty to talk about yeah and then after that we'll find out what what's next but if you guys enjoy this please uh like subscribe comment share uh, i don't know if you can help us i'd really appreciate it just getting the word out means that more people will listen to this which gives us more reason to do it uh, which makes more people excited for the escape room industry as a whole, which is why we are doing this in the yeah. first place. So if you like it, please share. Uh, you can always send us a email to nextescapeshow at gmail.com if there's any topics that you want us to um, cover. There's, um, you know, if you want to be featured on, on the show or whatever like that, just go ahead and reach out to us there. All right, sounds good. All righty. See you next time, Kia. See you next time. Bye. Bye.